welcome to Boxcars, uh, 40k podcast, uh, season two, episode five. I'm Martin and I'm playing Adeptus Custodes and uh, my co-host Ryan is also playing Adeptus Custodes. <laughs> yes, sir. No, not not changing anytime soon, right, Ryan? No, I'm sticking with them. I'm going to stick with them. Uh, I think my my goal is to just play Adeptus Custodes. I've I've uh, I've dabbled in soup and I've considered kind of going back to maybe some soup at some point, you know, just to kind of keep keep a project on the table because I'm just yeah. just about finished uh, with my uh, my kind of my full Adeptus Custodes army. Like I, I don't plan on buying too many more models for Adeptus Custodes. I have some Benatari on the way. Still waiting on those uh, on those guys, um, but beyond that, I'm pretty set with what I got right now, especially at 2,000 points. I've got about 4,500 points of Adeptus Custodes, so I, you know, I'm already used not using a bunch of my stuff frequently, you know. So yeah. I'm kind of at that point where um, soup is not really a thing. But my fiance, she's coming from Pakistan, and uh, we're still kind of working on visa stuff but she's been pretty excited because she likes the paint so i bought her about two-thirds of a sister's army uh so when she gets here we're going to be playing together a lot and i think we're going to end up souping some sisters and some episodes okay. as our uh as one of our things so cool so looking looking forward to that yeah Hey, I tried. I tried to uh, get my wife into wargaming, but uh, the the best I can do is get her uh, to play some uh, uh, board games. Not not yeah. uh, the war war games are too much for her. So it is, I'll it have is to common. I'll have to wait yeah. until my son is like uh, ten maybe, and then I'll have uh, so five more years, and I have uh, somebody to play at home. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I I'm, I'm thankful because my um. My fiance, she likes the she likes the game. We play uh we play games online to pass the time quite often. So cool. She's a little bit of a gamer at heart, so she's uh yeah, but she's also a little bit nervous. I've kinda of tried to explain some things to her at times and yeah, I think she she already kind of feels that way to a certain degree of just being a little bit overwhelmed, you know, by it all. So gonna try to you know it's just gonna try to ease it in, you know, a little bit. I think she's gonna enjoy the painting aspect you know, a little yeah. bit more than gaming, but I think if she has some success in it, you know, I think if she wins some games, cause she's, she's a winner. She likes to, <laughs> she yeah. likes to play to win. And, um, and it's really cool. Cause I, uh, I taught her to play, uh, words with friends online and, um, yeah. you know, she's from Pakistan. So English is her second language. And initially she lost a lot. And she kind of got a little bit discouraged, but she kept at it. And now she's she she consistently beats me um, at words with friends. And it's it's funny because you know <laughs> I should know English better, but it's one of those things of like it's the like the fact that she doesn't know English helps her a lot because she finds all these janky words because she's just she just tries combinations basically. Yeah. Doesn't know the meanings of the word, but you know, but she has that like that tactical sense of like this is what I need to do to try to get the most points possible. And so she, she finds the combinations that I miss because I'm looking to spell words that I know, and she's just looking for combinations of letters. So, um, you know, as kind of a default setting. So she's actually doing really good. Um, and she likes to win and she likes to play as it's, we like to play as a team as well. So well, I think that, I yeah. think that'll translate. I think it can if translate. She, 
if she has a winner's mindset, then then she'll probably do good eventually because the the forty k is is a pretty easy game to to learn the basics, but it's yeah. very hard to master because yeah. there is a lot of nuance and a lot of things you have to learn not only about your army but about the opponent's armies as well. So right. So that's a typical like. Easy game to learn, difficult game to game to master, right? Yep, yep. That's one of the reasons why I've always enjoyed it. I think so much is that um, is that very thing. It's a it's a challenge, but it's also it's also not so challenging, you know, that you you can't play it socially, you know, or or for like just pure fun, you know. So yeah, man. Yeah. Also, uh, I saw I saw on your Facebook uh, a nice motivational uh, video. Uh, uh, I have a tip for anyone who, who doubts their skill at, at uh, playing or whatever they do to just watch sometimes a motivational video. It's it's really uh, some 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 people might say that uh, that doesn't work, but uh, whenever I was I was uh, doing triathlon or I'm doing triathlon, but whenever I'm in doubt and I don't don't have any strength to train, I just watch some motivational videos from from people who who overcame very difficult yeah, odds perfect. and yeah. it's incredible what people can do. And uh, it's agree. just more, almost everyone can do the same. It's just dedication and time and, uh, and effort you have to put in and you can do it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I was Mindset. actually at work when you, when you posted it or when, when I saw the notification that it was posted and I took a like 10 minute break to just watch it uh, oh, <laughs> and, and remind myself that 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 people are great and and uh, good uh, yeah that was nice i'm glad i'm glad it helps yeah i, I, I watch them for the same reasons and yeah i mean it's yeah i uh i'm, I'm happy to hear that because a lot of times you know i more often than not honestly i post post for myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of remind me so like i i kind of a lot of times will retroactively post things like that where like i might not I might not kind of, I might be feeling good and I'll see a video like that and I'll watch it more as like a confirmation thing, but then I'll also post it on my wall because I know, you know, everybody feels down sometimes or hit those walls and like, it's nice to have that in the back burner or just kind of in the hopper, you know, so that I know we're just where to find it. Sometimes those videos, sometimes you don't find them when you're looking for them, you know what I'm saying? Like, like really needing that and like, boom, you're, you know, you're getting caught in other things or whatever distracted or whatever and it is kind of nice to just be able to like when i'm feeling down or whatever i can just hit hit up the wall and there it is you know i can watch that video again or whatever so i'm really glad to hear yeah that uh that it benefited you you know that that makes me uh feel all the more um ready and diligent to to keep posting up man (laughs) yeah that's that was that was nice really also, nice story, uh, incredible story. Yeah. So, yeah. so that that was something Definitely. to, to worth worth to listen to. Uh, yeah, but let's get back to 40k. You've been, you, you are so lucky that you are in the area where, where there are still tournaments or again tournaments. Uh, I'm relatively speaking, yes. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania has really cracked down. One of the GTs I was supposed to be in. Okay. Where I, was, where I was hoping to play a lot of guys um, that I've either played before that lost to, um, or people who I've been wanting to play for a long time, it was actually canceled uh, because of the COVID, new COVID restrictions coming back in the states. Yeah. 
So you've so got was, the second wave right now because that's yeah we kind of well we've had the second wave for a while but yeah. finally some things are kicking in uh, as far as you know the legislation sort of catching up but um, mm-hmm. so yeah I mean it's it's been a little bit slow the last few weeks but I do I am registered for three GTs actually uh, whoa yeah three weeks in a row <laughs> uh, another Ironman which is a five so it'll be five so hopefully this one will pan out so it's five games in one day so it's not like quite as impressive as the last one or as quite as much I don't I didn't think it was that bad but um, for a lot of people that's a lot you know to play 10 games of 40 game two days is a lot for a lot yeah. of people I'm, I'm, I'm all into it so wasn't wasn't too bad for me but um so there's one of those and then there's two just standard gts all in the south all two of them are in georgia and then the iron man is in florida so my plan is to um basically drive so for me it'll actually only be about two weeks because it'll be a saturday a saturday in the middle and then a, a third saturday but then i'll be driving back so it'll be like three tournaments in like two weeks a little bit over two weeks time uh, three GTs, uh, a lot of big names are supposed to be there, like John Lennon. Uh, I'm not sure if any of the other part of war guys, Mark Perry, who I also got to play when I went down for this, uh, for the Ironman, um, GT that I did mention, um, which was great. Uh, playing him was really good. Very tactical, yeah. very tactical game. Um, yeah, so hopefully I'll, I'll, hopefully those ones will work out a little bit better than this last one, but, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to playing that but then after that uh, i'm gonna take a little bit of a break myself i'm probably gonna take a couple months off i might go to an odd rtt or something just to kind of stay sharp and in it but i get to that point where yeah I'm, everybody needs a break sometime right yeah break might be good for me yeah, especially that you invested a lot of time and a lot of effort in uh, uh, last month so yeah yep Definitely. Okay. Uh, let's go. Let's jump dive into your games from the from the last tournament you went to. Yeah. So, um, yes, sir. So uh, it's it's been a little bit while, a little bit while, a little while. Um, so I think I'm just gonna focus on uh, a couple of the games because like it was ten yeah. games, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, let's let's take the most interesting ones. Uh, yeah. So want to show. we'll start out. I was able to play um, John Moore. Uh, I'm not sure who's he, who's he, I can't remember who he's affiliated with exactly, but he brought a really strong Blood Angels list, very similar to what the Art of War guys are playing right now uh, for their Space Marines and Blood Angels and White Scars and things. Um, so lots of Blade Guard, big units of Inceptors, um, some, some uh, Primaris Troop Choice stuff, you know, Intercessors or uh, Incessors or... Uh, Infiltrators. So, so the Blood Angels without Sanguinary Guard? He did have Sanguinary Guard, yeah. He did have Sanguinary Guard okay. as well. Um, so a lot of the men, and then, uh, of course, the Vanguard Vets with the Lightning Claw and the Storm Shield. You know, so very mm-hmm. kind of standard meta that you kind of see going on right now. Yeah. And uh, I actually played him twice. So I played him the first day uh, and was able to win um, by a fairly decent margin. And um, it was funny because... You know, you don't generally expect to play the same people, you know, like back to back like that. But then I ended up playing them the next day, and I made the mistake of giving them a bunch of advice of basically how to beat me next time, and then I ended up playing him <laughs> <laughs> the next day, and then he beat me by uh, like three points or something like that um, the next day. So, but that was really great. I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed our uh, our two games, but um, that first game 
Uh, I can't remember the mission. I can't remember too much of the details other than I, I basically screened out my Virtus Praetors, um, made sure to target those Inceptors. So I had some advantages since, you know, the Virtus Praetors have a better movement. They need Inceptors and they, you know, they have some more target, targeting uh, or uh, targetable shooting. Um, that's probably not the right word, more accurate. Yeah. Um, sort of targeted shooting, I guess. Uh, so I was able to use in the, the greater range as well, you know, 24 versus 18 inches. Yeah, so so did, did he have a plasma inceptors, I assume? Yeah, so we had two uh, He did units. put them on, on the table, not in the deep yeah, strike. Yes, sir. So that was yeah. one of the things that I... That was probably the main thing that I counseled him on um, for the reason why I won the game was because he, he deployed them on the table. Yeah. I was actually really kind of shocked that he didn't you know, try to alpha strike, especially against an army with Virtus Praetors, you know, Because, um, yeah, I just capitalized on their greater movement, uh, their greater range. So I was able to basically alpha strike his inceptors at my convenience by just playing playing deep in my deployment zone, letting him kind of come forward to take center board. And then I just moved up and just targeted and pretty much killed both units. And then he's got like no shooting left. So I can basically dance around his power units until I want to charge them. You know, after I whittle them down a little bit or whatever, um, you know, and, you know, my then my, my alpha strike came in and did some work as well. My two dreadnoughts, um, you know, they, 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 uh, they did some work. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a really great, uh, really great game. That was the, the list I was playing at the time was two units of five uh, versus Praetors, two units of three seven parm, um, and then two... Achilles Threadnoughts, and then two Bite Captains. So a very symmetrical list, very kind yeah. of standard. Um, I mean, like, standard in the sense there wasn't a lot of tricky jank or anything I was really trying to pull. Uh, I was playing Castellan's Mark, I think, was yeah, probably the very trickiest thing I did. Um, but even that is pretty blunt and, and compared to things that Harlequins and Ultramarines can do. Yeah. Uh, it is because it's uh, pretty... Uh, I would say if, if you have an opponent that is careful, he will know who you will de- redeploy and what yeah. are your options, right? It's just yep. one unit and one captain, so whenever he stands, he will just take one unit. Right. It's it's fairly easy in comparison to kind of anticipate, you know, the captain has to be positioned within six inches, so like yeah. a lot of these other strats and stuff, you can just redeploy any unit. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, there's, you know, but part of that, too, I mean, does kind of play into the custodian theme i think because it does kind of in a lot like i found it honestly makes people overthink more than anything else because <laughs> the fact that they're just the whole deployment are like trying to figure out where you're going to put that bike captain does kind of distract them into making errors at times and then a lot of times it doesn't even like doesn't even have any play in it but you've for a lot of you know you've kind of added a you've added an equation to every deployment move he makes because he's going to be thinking okay well he could redeploy that unit is he going to redeploy that unit? all right it so, makes so so generally you would deploy your captain with castellan's mark as last so he doesn't know until the end who you That's would correct. redeploy yeah okay yep, yep. and because That's my smart. list was okay. so symmetrical you know so i had the two units of sagittarium and i just had the two units of five virtus praetors like because it was so symmetrical you know it it, yeah, it was really hard. To, like, I didn't just have one unit of Virtus Praetors where he could kind of figure that out. Um, but, you know, on the flip side of that, I only had, you know, after putting my 
two Achilles Dreadnoughts and Deep Strike, you know, I really only had uh, six six places. So more often than yeah. not, you know, against things like Harlequins and stuff, you know, um, or Blood Angels that have a lot of, you know, MSU units, like, he'd be half, you know, he'd only have half of his army deployed. You know, I mean, he could have easily held back. Like, if he wanted to even try to Alpha Strike me on the table, he could have easily held back his Inceptors, you know, beyond, you know, my, my final you know, putting my captain on the table. So, I mean, it sounds market, like I said, it's more of a psych psychological thing of just getting your opponent to kind of overthink a lot of stuff and like to be constantly, you know, more often than not, it's kind of ignored though. I found, you know, um, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it is, it is what it is. And it, more often than not though, I mean, it's still been marginally useful. Someone argue, you know, a three doesn't, can't replace a three plus and vulnerable save, but if I'm honest, there's some games where, you know, I haven't had to roll a save the whole game for my bike captain. So, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, it, you know, um, and I've, I've literally won games on the back of Castellan's mark. You know, there's, there's been games that I've literally won where I look back and go, yeah, pretty much that redeploy pretty much is what jacked up my opponent's deployment. And that's what basically guaranteed me to win. You know, it could have gone a lot of different ways had that not been the case. Versus a three-up invul save, I can't really think of any games that I played where making three-up invulnerable saves just got me the game, you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it does. It's one of those things of like, when it tanks, it's not a big deal because I'm I saw a four-up invul save. It's not like it doesn't have any, you know. So I, yeah. so I'm missing yes. out on a three-up to four-up, but like when it works, like it really works, you know. It really can can give you some advantages during that during that gameplay. So. So uh, I, I think it go, goes back to the question of uh, are you uh, are you tending to over uh, or engage too early and uh, engage with your captain, uh, which I think in retrospect I've done many times too many because I was banking on uh, three up, five up, and right. I was thinking that my captain is invincible and he can stand. They're taking on everybody and, and killing the world. And in the end, okay, he will he will survive a lot. Uh, and don't get me wrong, even sometimes I gave him the uh, winner of the blood game, so he would really yeah. Yeah. stand a lot. The problem is he's not that killy, so it's just yeah, I mean, five was, attacks. Yeah. Yeah, if he was like flat three damage, or if he had like yeah, eight attacks, exactly. something like that, like. I could see that being more of like, yeah, this is really great, you know, um, or, you know, I mean, if he had, yeah, I mean, like you can get him up to nine wounds, I guess, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean, even with like, even with the way that I've run him in the past where I do the, you know, Castellan or I do the, uh, Emperor's Companion, uh, and Slayer of the Unclean double whammy, which I've still pretty much done for the most part, yeah. um, you know, he, he's really good. I mean, he's, yeah. he can be killy, but he's not. Yeah, he's not like Magnus Kelly, you know. Yeah, he's exactly. Like, he's not like a you know space wolf smash captain post or pre nerf Kelly, you know, like or even a yeah. Blood Angels yeah, exactly. character. Killy. I mean, uh, I've done uh, in retrospect, I've done much better uh, lately. Really not engaging that much uh, with my virtuous traitors and with my captain, just holding them back a bit. Uh, because whenever I engage them, they will just die because they are re resilient, but not immortal. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are coming to that conclusion. I think yeah. overall, and I, I was the same way, when people first start playing Virtus Praetors, 
or they play them sort of experimentally, the, the tendency is to just charge them in and charge them up. Yeah, so you because you need those. You're like, I want to get them in the combat. Yeah, you need those 20 attacks, right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, you need to use them. Like, yeah, and there's this thing of like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm wasting the points if they're not just over there immediately killing everything. Like, But yeah, I found the same thing of like playing them conservatively and, and in tandem with the rest of your army instead of just because there's, you know, with the bike captain thing and like even the Vexilla, there's just to me, there's in the custodes meta, there's just too much like just charging in lone wolf style, you know, yeah. it's just getting, you know, we, you know, while, you know, while that's part of the lore a little bit of like we're, we're lions, not, you know, wolves kind of thing. There's, there's that sense though, you know, there's some very strong sense of like, well, there's still sort of this intuitive pack. You know, of everyone yeah. kind of knows their role, but you're still working in a coordinated fashion kind of thing. And you're not just all hard charging in one direction, but you are like sort of intuitively, tactically, you know, accomplishing the mission and, and doing that in a way that sort of transcends the standard, uh, you know, the sort of the standard rank and order file of other armies. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I had a great game against the Blood Angels um, both times. Um, I think that was the key. The key thing that won me the game was just conservatively playing those Virus Praetors and and just picking my times to strike with them and screening them well enough so they couldn't get just charged by a sanguinary guard or things like that. And then just using that shooting, using that alpha strike, you know, to really kind of spread them out and, and sort of cloister him in the center. You know, the center can definitely be a trap when fighting custodes if you play them right. You know, a lot of armies try to take the center, but, you know, custodes... They have enough, you know, especially Virtus Praetors, they have enough speed, you know, to be able to push into the center, mm -hmm. you know, and, and have enough firepower to really kind of whittle you down without really being threatened, you know, off of objectives and stuff. So, yeah, um, so I've, I've been uh, really trying to figure that figure that in and uh, it's been working out. Um, and uh, the next game that I really wanted to talk about was uh, was against Rich, Rich Ziegler. So Rich Siegler is the guy who won LVO uh, last year. Um, he's an Art of War guy. He, he yeah. Did, uh, yeah, he's a really good, really good player. Uh, very smart. Very, he's very calm. You know, he's just like super chill the whole time. And, I, you know, I played a lot of people who, you know, they get nervous, you know, when they're playing yeah. in big tournaments. And like he's just calm as a cucumber the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I've seen I've seen a few few of his games on YouTube, so I I, I, I really admire his style of yeah he's uh, level of coolness <laughs> yeah very level headed guy. So it was just uh, it was a great I knew it was going to be a great learning experience for me going in. Um, you know, he definitely has a, a mastery of the game that is um, you know well beyond par. You know, so um, so I knew it was going to be a very challenging thing, and I knew also not to get kind of lulled. I did my best not to kind of get lulled into that false mm -hmm. insecurity because that's kind of what it does double as of like, <laughs> why is this guy so calm? You know, like you know, <laughs> he knows something uh, I don't. I didn't think about right. <laughs> yeah, I, I found that if like you like some really calm players, you know, they they, they kind of you kind of can get lulled into that false sense of security of like, oh no, this is gonna be real chill and stuff, and then all of a sudden the game starts heating up and they're so really calm and you're kind of like starting to lose your lose your stuff a little bit because your things are going sideways quick you know and uh and that's kind of how it went for us i guess <laughs> uh 
he played a he played a really good Necron, really strong Necron list. Very warrior heavy, Silent King. Uh, I can't remember the name of the unit, but they they were basically his jump pack version of infantry, ten inch move. They had like some really short range shooting, decent in combat. I can't remember what they were called. Um, but basically, they were like uh, floating tomb blades of some kind. Yeah, I, I yeah I get the unit, but I don't remember the name either. I can't remember the name, but yeah, like a harassing unit. You know, you yeah. had like three or five of those to kind of you know pick up engage on all fronts and just to kind of scramble board control and, and do screen and things like that. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty much it. He had a couple of the characters on the command barges, uh, one that was shooting, one that was a combat guy, and they just kind of floated around doing kind of like quick quick reaction stuff. So like any time I tried to deep strike, he was they were just kind of there to kind of counterattack. Um, he played it really tight. Um, I, I messed up by basically trying to play in uh to his army hard and strong because i knew with uh because he had the um he had the mid-game deep strike relic very common i can't remember what it's called either um where he can pick up his crypto tech mm-hmm. in one unit of warriors or any unit and yeah. uh any infantry probably i'm not sure of the rules but um so i was like i need to play into these warriors hard i need to play into the silent king fast and i need to kind of do that with the British spreaders and just which was kind of a mistake because I think he kind of figured that playing Adeptus Custodes and he he really kind of uh, did great in his counterattack. You know, I, I had some nominal success sort of positioning on him, but he you know he positioned very well to make it difficult for me to just do that. And then once I was able to actually punch into them, punch into him, it went great. But he had his counter counterattack very well positioned to kind of after that kind of erosion happened, um, the kind of punch back hard enough to, you know, get back board control and, and kind of regain the game. Um, so I should have played a little more asymmetrically, I think, into the board control. He had a big, you know, he had a he had one of his vehicles on the left side that I kind of had just sent some Sagittarium and a captain against. Um, you know, I kind of messed up my redeploy and ended up playing right into that. But um, if I would have played on his weak front with, a, with one unit of Virtus Praetors, I think I, I probably <laughs> got much closer. Um it was like a twenty. It was like a twenty-point swing. Um, so I don't know if I would have necessarily won the game as as close as as tightly as he played it. Um, but there would have been a couple more points. I think there would have been at least two more um, grinding down points I could have got. I think my my uh, Achilles dreadnoughts would have been a little bit more better supported because they kind of came in on that same yeah. weak flank trying to cap. Like once I kind of realized my mistake, I ended up throwing both the units of Achilles both dreadnoughts on that side to try to. The issue was they were waiting through warriors at that point um, on that flank. He had a unit kind of spread out to kind of screen and, and keep board control. And, um, you know, between the Sagittarium and them, they did a number on the warriors. But you know how, you know how they, you know how warriors are. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just can. Yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've played versus that kind of list a few times uh, and it's really, you, you get stuck in, in those waves of warriors that, that don't Very die sticky, yeah. five up yep. uh, five up kind of yeah so it's a so, very sticky list yeah and I, yeah now that so was they swarm you yeah yeah it was was i think i honestly i think if um because i tried to you know i tried to swarm to one side and he, he did very good in the counter punch but i think if i would have played him a little bit more spread out um i think i would have done better because 
he really did uh, that that list he played really does rely on sort of focus firing everything and just you know because it's just a lot of small arms fire mostly you know he's got the he's got the silent kings with the the plinths you know the the floating um yeah you know super guns um and and those catacomb barge lords um or command barge lords they you know good counterattack stuff but generally i think if i would have spread them out and kind of forced him to, to kind of go toe-to-toe, unit-to-unit, I think it would have went better. Uh, I think I probably, you know, I think that would have been the path to victory. Um, but, uh, yeah, I made the mistake of kind of going all in on one side. And, uh, and he know, you know, I think he just, he's just that, you know, he's, he's a good enough player to know how to deal with that. You know, I think yeah. if I would have split up the units of Virtus Praetors, um, I think I would have been able to kind of find those, find those holes, you know, a little bit easier because we both kind of played asymmetrically and, and, you know, he, he had a better setup for that than I did uh, in that yeah. particular matchup. So I think that was my, that was probably my primary mistake from there. I mean, we both played it really tight, but I think that was my, my main mistake. Um, this, right is, this is a, a very, very, very difficult list for custodes to play against because they, they have numbers and those numbers are all uh, OPSEC. Or most yep. of them uh, are OPSEC yep. and they are difficult to wipe out, although they don't bring too much heavy firepower. Uh, with, with those, they will just bog you uh, down with, with the numbers and they'll just take your objectives. And, and it's difficult to get to their objectives. So, yeah, I mean, it can be, yeah. I mean, like, I honestly think, like, I, I mean, it's not a bad matchup for us. Like, I honestly think we have worse matchups. I think it was just, for me, it was just a matter of um, of not playing that particular game right. I think I just, I got outplayed by a more experienced player, um, huh. honestly. You know, I mean, if he would have made a couple of key mistakes in setting up that counterattack, I think my British Raiders could have done it, but he just played it so tight. Um, I mean, they... They do. They do work. I mean, those units of Virtus Praetors can really do a number on uh, pretty much anything, you know. Um, yeah. So it was a it was a great game, great learning experience. I was really happy to be able to play Rich. I was when I went down there, I was hoping to play all the art. I wanted to play all the art war guys. Um, but then I also got to play Mark Perry. Uh, so I actually played him the previous match. Uh, so Mark Perry, he ran a chaos list with Abaddon, huge unit of. Um, the uh, sons or um, a thousand sons, emperor's children with all the you know the noise marines um, with all the DACA, all the DACA that comes with that. So yeah, that's a kind yeah. of new new tech of the noise marines. Yeah, yeah, I kind of underestimated them a little bit because they're you know they're strength four zero AP, but he can do veterans of long war. He can do uh, double shoot with them. So even against two up saves, I was losing Virtus Praetors to these guys because they were just rolling. He was just rolling 80 dice, you know, at a time. Outrageous. Yeah. Emperor uh, wouldn't be pleased. <laughs> so and then you know you roll that crappy roll and yeah, like suddenly there goes a Virtus Praetor and a half of yeah. you know on 15 saves or something. Um. So yeah, I struggled a little bit, but I but I ended up. Um, that was a game where I was thankful that I committed my Virtus Praetors in the way that I did. I think if I would have tried to spread out, he probably would have won. But the fact was that I kind of knew that he had kind of a Death Star thing. 
And uh, he had less combat than I did, so I, I knew I had to punch hard into it, and I had to get to those characters, and I had to get to those characters first. So, uh, so that game that game really panned out for me. Um, it was it was kind of cagey in the beginning, where we were kind of maneuvering around some center terrain. But then when I committed, I committed hard into it and was able to kill uh, Abaddon and his demon prince, I think, if I remember right, and uh, his his little character bubble there. And then that was pretty much the game for me. He had some other deep striker stuff that kind of went sideways for him as well. The Sadatarm were really good. I was really impressed with the Sadatarm. They killed a bunch of things that game. Um, they were doing hot on their rolls. Um, killed like a dread dread claw drop pod and like a whole unit of Marines, um, which is great. Uh, Sagittarium is a great great unit. Yeah, I love them. They're doing really good for me. Um, I think a lot of people are enjoying the Sagittarium with the new buffs and stuff. I think um, long-awaited, I think definitely necessary. I love the fact that they're troop, you know, great troop choices. Um, so really happy with the way that they played. Really happy uh, with the way that I played the game. You know, I thought I did uh, did pretty good. I played, I, I, I didn't, there wasn't anything during that game that uh, I was like, gosh, I should have done this, that, or that better. But um in hindsight, when we looked at it, it was like, but however, that kind of center charge that I did that pretty much broke broke his army and killed Abaddon and everyone, like, there was a few little contingencies in that that could have gone wrong that probably would have cost me the game hard. Um, so it was one of those games where, like, I took the risk and it paid off, and it paid off big for me, um, but uh, it could have gone differently. So it was one of those games, like, I had to really kind of think about after and go, okay, how do I... Um, is there, is there ways that I could have improved that or mitigated that risk even better, you know, to kind of kind of get the same result, but with a little bit less, you know. That, was, that was the lion within you. Yeah. The instincts to go for a kill. Yeah, man. <laughs> Good. Uh, what secondaries are you are you taking lately uh, with with that army and uh, what what because I had uh, rethink of my secondary choices uh, uh yeah so um so that those those two tournaments i actually really struggled with uh, more than usual i struggled with um i struggled with line breaker and i struggled with grind them down and uh i think because this is the first time that i've really played th- th- these are the first games that i really played um without uh without caladius tanks so the caladius tanks had kind of a twofold function for me with those particular secondaries. One was it was taking down the screens. So the Caladius tanks really helped me kind of punch holes in screens and stuff to get mm-hmm. those behind and you know line breaker points. But then also just grind them down because they could engage those pickup units in the early turns. You know, I, it was easy for me to get ahead in the kill more. Um, and then once you know, I didn't I didn't struggle too much you know in the in the later turns to get grind them down. It was just in those opening turns, well, where I'm essentially relying on the Sagittarium and the Virtus Praetor salvo launchers to do that work for me. You know, it kind of depending on the matchup and uh, like the Necrons especially it was a really bad matchup for me to score grind them down with that particular list. I think if I would have done the two Caladius tanks, um, I would have been able to pull it off a little bit easier there was some target you know he had some five-man units and he had like a one one vehicle 
things like that that I think I would have picked up a little bit easier, but I ended up just going hard on the Warriors right off the bat, and that kind of sunk some of my line breaker stuff. And then he did really good, honestly, in the mid-game of keeping up and grind them down and, and focusing on certain units to, to make sure that he was killing at least one, maybe two units. And then, of course, when the Silent King got involved, it was very rough from that point on. Um, so those were two secondaries that I kind of rethought a little bit. And unfortunately, I didn't really have a lot of good other options. You know, I, you know the other issue that I ran into was scoring the line breaker with the dreadnoughts because a lot of times they would come in and they'd want to be going after targets but it was just like they were the only units i had in that vicinity so it it kind of leashed them in a little bit which i didn't like um so i've actually made a a different list that i plan on playing for these next three gts i've also taken into account some of the spike the the smite spam stuff spite spam (laughs) smite spam uh stuff that has been kind of becoming more prevalent uh now that it you know i think initially people were like yeah you know after they kind of took the um took those initial nerfs i think people kind of got away from it but i think there's people gravitating back towards it i think we're going to see a little bit more of it now yeah i'm i'm actually a bit uh, one of the things that i'm i really miss about eighth edition is at least choosing your warlord traits before the game or uh yeah that that would help us a bit because then you can or something yeah yeah yeah, so, uh, yeah, the, now that we can't do that, I have, I, yeah, that, that would have been nice, but um, I have taken into account that by, uh, my new list has, um, as, an, as a, as a, as a collective. Sisters of Silence, Silence, maybe? Yeah, two five, two five lady units of Sisters of Silence. Yeah. So I actually played, um, I played a list, and I actually won an RTT, this is after the two GTs that I've been talking about. Um, but I played a list with two units of Sisters of Silence, uh, a Calexis, um, the two Dreadnoughts and some things. Uh, I dropped the unit of Virtus Praetors, basically, to take all this. And then uh, I took um, two Caladius tanks as well. So I dropped a bunch of stuff. Um, I, dropped one, I dropped down one of the bike captains to uh, an Alaris captain. Um I dropped a whole unit of Virtus Praetors. I dropped a bunch of Miseria Cordias. Uh, what else did I drop? I think I dropped an Androthic Destructor or something like that. Um, so that picked me up uh, a bunch of stuff. So uh, like I said, I, uh, I have to look at the... Let me see if I can pull up the list here. So the basically sisters would would give you a chance to you know stop stop those um, smites because they cannot be targeted right with the, right. the and the smite says it has to be the first target so if you put them in front this means they cannot they cannot smite your 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 troops or your your army right. I know that people done it with the, so that they taken one rhino as well, or uh, one unit of girls and one rhino, and, or maybe two units of girls and one rhino, because yeah. rhino is also a great sponge for those smites. Yeah. So I did find out that I did have uh, an overpointed list, and I did uh, take care of it. I contacted the, the local TO um, that I used the list 
uh, the local TO whose tournament I used the list at, and uh, we kind of sorted things out. So, um, okay. so that, that worked out. Uh, it was just, uh, I just included the uh, Colexus Assassin without accounting for the points. So I played uh, with, a, with a list that was about 100 points. Uh, 100 points over 2,000, which, you know, is pretty sizable. So I, I did the right thing and returned the, uh, the winnings and such and informed the uh, front line about it. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't expect much to, it to be much of an issue. I, I have no idea how I made that issue. It's weird because when we were talking about it, I picked up on it, like, almost intuitively as we were talking about it. Yeah, I mean, from the last... Uh, from that last portion and uh it's weird that i didn't catch it before i mean it was it was strange that i caught it when i was not even going through a list and it like came to mind um but um so yeah that's that uh so i made some uh i made some corrections and additions uh some changes to the list that i used uh successfully in that rtt i don't know if it would have made that much of a difference honestly if i had dropped the freighter i, I won i was like 100 points ahead of the other guy um the, the second place winner in battle yeah. points so i mean like <laughs> i don't i i don't know if i would have done worse um i mean i think the mechanic of the list pretty well established i think it's pretty much the same um but this new list that i have set up i actually include a telemon dreadnought Yay, Telemon. I'm just yeah. interested about the loadout loadout of the Telemon. Yeah, so the Telemon is a really popular guy, obviously. And uh, I've been a little bit averse to using him, partly just for that reason. Uh, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but it seems like anytime I post a list, there's at least one guy who's <laughs> run up and tell me it's not meta and it's terrible yeah. competitive, you know, and whatever, and I'll go and win an RTT or something with it. Yeah. or do good at a gt and i'll be like okay you know um but um you know so i i, I have decided to include the telemon and and part of the reason why you know i haven't is just because i think part of my category like phone or command like points of interest followed oh by a brand name <laughs> sorry i'm sitting in my jeep right now or my nissan right now <laughs> and um <laughs> canceling voice but I, I, uh, <laughs> that's there. a good place to have a podcast <laughs> recorded yeah no joke uh yeah so i think part of my some of my success has been due to not playing the meta you know i think I, I bring some some lists to the table that people don't expect and that gives me a little bit of an advantage at, especially against top tier players who spend a lot of time preparing um to fight different meta factions and i think a lot of people when they think custodes you know, top tier players, they, they do think Telemon, they do think Vexilla, they do think Alaris Bomb. Those are the kind of things that come to mind when they see Adeptus Custodes list. And that's the kind of prep work that they do. So then when I bring something different, you know, a lot of Virtus Praetors or Cladius tanks, it kind of throws them off and they have to kind of rethink how to kind of on the fly, how to, how to counter that. Um, so, but in this list, I'm including a Telemon Dreadnought. So I, I, um, so I'll go ahead and just go through the list. So I have my standard shield captain on Don, Don, Eagle, Don Eagle Jet Bike, kind of the way that I, I really like to run him with the Emperor's Companion Roller Trait and the Slayer of the Unclean. Um, and then with the Castellan's Mark now rather than the Arc Aquilus to give me that redeploy in the beginning of the game just because it, there has been some matchups where it's been really, really, really effective um, in kind of giving me yeah. an advantage. 
and um you know he he can definitely um kind of play into some things especially with the inclusion of a talamon now um so so let me back up actually so I, i'm actually running a dual patrol detachment so i'm taking a, a patrol of shadow keepers with my warlord um, and then a patrol detachment of dreadhost uh, within a lara shield captain so two units of three sagittarium as a troop choices in each um the uh dreadhost uh sagittarium have miseria cordia's Whereas the uh, Shadowkeeper ones do not. That is not thematic. It's just uh, it's a point thing. I would like to give them all Miseria Cordias. But, um, you know, I look at... I mean, I still might. I could just drop one uh, Adrathic Destructor and give uh, that other unit Miseria Cordias. Because, I mean, I, I found them to be really helpful. I had a matchup against Orcs where my two units of three Sagittarium basically just walked into a unit of Orc boys after tangle footing them. I mean, pretty much kill them all yeah, uh, yeah with some shooting and they're not so they're not so good without those knives uh yeah that neg two is just such a such a such a thing you know i mean it's yeah. you know i mean you're looking at against marines you're looking at a three up save versus a five up save yeah exactly all of the sudden you are effective <laughs> very yeah it's to me it's very significant i mean the, on the flip side though and maybe the reason why i'm, I'm a little bit comfortable not giving both units the Miseria Cordias is that I haven't honestly tended to use them against Marines. The, the armies that I use them against, um, I mean, I guess I did use them against Necrons to a certain degree. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, like the, where they were really effective, um, I mean, it, it, it does give them an additional attack as well. So there's that to keep in mind. Uh, so maybe I will do that. But um, but for now, the list two units of three sided Tarm, one in each patrol detachment. The Dreadhost ones have the. Um, is area Cordia's. Uh, in the Shadow Keepers attachment, I took a unit of five prosecutors, uh, Sisters of Silence with bolt guns and uh, psych out grenades. Mm-hmm. Um, as a screening unit slash anti psyker unit uh, slash objective holding unit. Yeah. Um, they can also, you know, I mean, in a pinch, they can do some work on a on a psyker, you know, with 15 shots. I mean, it's a couple of, it's a CP strat to use but it could be nice to just kind of surprise a guy if he's got yeah. like a and also a, a, a tip if you get tangled in melee you can use uh, a stratagem of theirs uh, minus one to hit for everything within I think six inches yeah. this, and I, this is yep. pretty good stratagem as well yeah, it's really good actually yeah I really like that um, stratagem I like the uh, deny any psychic power in a three plus within 18 yeah. inches which is really good um, and then also, uh, um, I lost my train of thought there. There's another one, uh, minus one to hit three up in uh, three up to nine the shooting the psychers. I think that might've been it. Um, they bring, they, yeah, just the one unit of them give, you know, opens, unlocks a lot of those things that can yeah. be really useful against certain matchups. And if you're not playing a psych or heavy army, that's fine. They're still a great screening unit, you know, with a three up save. They're not bad. They can they can tank some small arms fire if they're in cover, you know, especially, um, you know, like I said, they, they're really good at screening for things like British Praetors. Um, you know, they give an extra layer of protection if I want to screen out Sagittarum or something. Um, you know, they're, they're really good against 
Smite Spam better than a Calexus just by himself because they can cover a lot more space. You know, you're looking at yeah. a Calexus who, you know, effectually has a one, you know, a, a inch and a half, you know, kind of range of where he's kind of covering. Sisters of Silence, five of them spread out. You can cover more. You can cover almost 15 inches, you know, like 13 inches or something like that. If you spread them out two inches apart in coherency and counting the base, you know, you can cover a fairly sizable plane that makes it really hard for them to kind of get around. Like with just a Calexis, if, you know, you play it right, you can kind of go around the wing of the Calexis and get closer to a different enemy unit and then smite them, you know. But with yeah. Five Sisters of Silence spread out, you can put a lot of units behind that screen and basically they'd have to go past the threshold of that line to actually be closer um, to any unit behind them. That's not necessarily true. If you just have one model, you know, if you can push out to a side and, you know, be 19 inches away from that Calexus, but now he's, you know, 16 inches away from your corner line, you can, you can do that. So my spam. So, um, so I find it very useful for that reason. Um, I li- like I said, I like the, the stratagems that they unlock, I think they, they really bring a lot to the table just for one CP here and there. Um, and then I have the standard Caladius Grav Tank with the twin Iliasus Accelerator Cannon and the twin Lastrum Bolt Cannon. Uh, I'm a little bit on the fence. I, I, I always waffle on the uh, which Caladius Grav Tank to take uh, if yeah. I only take one. <laughs> because... Um, it is such a nice edge. I've been thinking on Death Guard a lot, and it's it's almost pushed me over to just going reverting to just Blaze Cannon all the time. Um, you know, because Marine meta has kind of sunk a little bit. I've noticed that less people are playing Marines, and you know that two damage Eliasu's Accelerator Cannon is great for picking up those backfield, you know, five man units of Intercessors and things. Really good for that, but. Um, if you fight things like Admech or things like that, a lot of times it's kind of losing some some of that efficacy. I honest, I mean, now that I think about it, I I, I do think I'm making the right decision by going with the Iliastus as far as just because his main the main reason for this tank is to basically make sure that I can punch holes in his screens so that I can deep strike mm-hmm. my my dread host behind his and you know in line in, in the line breaker zone and and my Calexus as well so I can get line breaker points and probably and and teleport homer as well. Um, I think I'm committing to playing for Teleport Homer with this list uh, in the next three tournaments or so. Um, I was kind of finicking about, I kind of wanted to initially kind of go in with three different lists and play different lists, but um, I don't really see uh, the need for that. I've I've kind of, the only other list that I would like to play um, kind of just kind of had me reverting back to kind of what I've already played with, you know, like the Ares gunship, lady, you know, three Caladius tanks. Um, you know, I had some really good success with the two five man squads of Virtus Praetors. So, uh, you know, I, I possibly go back to that. Um, the only thing I haven't really flushed out yet is kind of the Alaris bomb, but that's already kind of really been flushed out anyways by the wider custodes community. You yeah. know, that's been, that's been played repeatedly. Um, also, so I, also I, I wanted to note you are closer to food slogging uh, custodes than, than you ever were. <laughs> so many, yeah. so many food sloggers. <laughs> Incredible. It, yes, it, it's just as close as I've ever been. So I mean, I've been sort of making that transition, I guess. And 
and it's great because I I've really kind of gotten a lot of experience with all the support stuff, the dreadnoughts, the Caladius tanks, the Divertus Praetors, you know. And um, yeah, maybe one day I'll be playing uh, a very standard. <laughs> Uh, list. I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't see I don't a list without uh, Virtus Praetors. Yeah, I, lo- I love the Virtus Praetors. I do. Um, you know, but uh, I don't know. It might be like it might be. There might be a time for me to get some more reps in with um, with the Alaris bomb. I, I might. I might just do that for maybe one of the tournaments that I go down when I go down south. I might. I might make an Alaris bomb list. Um, but uh, I, I would really like to make this this kind of list work. I really kind of think want to invest in figuring out teleport armor, and and really just getting consistent with my secondaries because I think just being able to play the same three secondaries every game, bar none, and just know how to do it, I think would be really great a great competitive move. Um, it gives me all kinds of more thinking space in the opening games to just focus on deployment and and tactical things rather than trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's the most efficient secondary on the basis of the list that I'm looking at. I can just not even think, not, don't even have to think about that. I can just go yeah. straight into uh, deployment and figuring out what I want to do with the Castellan's Mark and that kind of thing. Yeah, I have a question about the Castellan's Mark and uh, yeah. Diamond because you can move Telemon as well, right? Because that's uh, any yeah, cast- Castellan's unit. Any Castellan's unit, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so that, that's a bit, a bit of... Uh, a nice combo here because uh, the main kind of minus of having Telemon is that once he, you commit him on the board, opponent can deploy uh, so you cannot see anything with him, but you can right. kind of, it's the slowest thing in your list probably except uh, the food sloggers, but but you can move him and then place him better, so to say, or correct your mistake or or catch opponent of, of guard maybe. Yeah, and that's that is uh, something I've considered as well. The other thing I thought of is just putting him in the deep strike. Um, yeah, the deep strike all the time. So you have one fist and one Iliastus, or yeah. So I went with the Castus and the. Uh, I actually went with the Storm Cannon. I like the Storm Cannon. A storm Cannon, okay. Yeah, because you can, like, I looked at I looked at the profile and I like the Caladius tanks, but you know, for you know, basically 50 more points, you get a ton. You get a ton. I mean, you get a four up. Your saves both get improved by one. You have a two up, four up, yeah. minus one damage across the board, um, which is really great against anything that's damaged two, which is a lot of these days. Um, he's got the uh, just the fact that he can punch in combat and he punches crazy good. I mean, he's got you know uh, five base attacks. Um, you know, I, I honestly might switch him over to Dreadhost, but I, I like to be able to just minus one strength. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, that's that toughness incredible. eight. He's toughness eight rather yeah. than toughness seven. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, the, he's, he's the. There are not. I don't. I, I played with Telemon in every every game since I started playing Custodes, and he nearly nearly never dies. I, I think that I maybe lost him in one game, even if a whole my army was wiped out. He he stayed. <laughs> It's just a thing that the, if opponent concentrates fires on him, somewhere mid game he will he will notice that it doesn't make any sense because he yeah. he will not kill that the dreadnought. Yeah. Uh, so he just leaves him and and he does his thing. Yeah. It's just a, a space. So the, there is one only maybe uh, a thing he can do is is surround him with with uh, some cheap troops. 
uh, with or a lot of them, like 20, 20 yeah. Necron Warriors maybe, you can swarm him and then, then survive for, for longer time. Uh, I don't think that there are many many other things that can do that. Well, I mean, I mean, pound for pound, he has he has better shooting output than a Caladius tank. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know he's putting out with his Iraq in combat. Even you know he's getting six shots with the Arachnid Storm Cannon on the secondary profile. He's getting five with the Talamon Cassius, which is eleven, uh, and then or not. Um, sorry. Five with the Spiculus, six with the Iraq and Storm Cannon. So that's 11 versus 14 from a Caladius. Um, Remember that the missile launcher, if you didn't move, uh, shoots double the, double the double. amount. Yeah. yeah. So assuming yeah. that you are in the fight, so you will not move, then you will just shoot 10 shots, right? So Exactly. Exactly. So he gets more shots. He's got more combat ability. His stats are just better across the board. Um, I Yeah. I, I hesitate a little bit, but... I think combined with the Castellan's mark, he can be a really strong piece uh, for this this my for my army. Um, I would like to to use him more, so that's kind of my plan. Um, but I think I, I honestly, in thinking, I think I'm going to move him to the uh, or no, sorry, uh, moving him to the deep strike. I'm I am I am considering dropping one of the the Achilles dreadnoughts uh, and just taking a couple more bikes because uh, I hate feeling shy on the bikes four vertebrators i've found is just not quite enough five to six is kind of where i yeah yeah i think five five is a minimum right yeah i mean it's it it is because you lose one and suddenly you're looking at 12 attacks and you're you know you know you lose two and you're down to two and it's just like ah you know i'd I'd rather have five and maybe be able to take two and, and three can still do some stuff you know significant stuff against power units and things but Four, it's just like you lose two or three of them, and then it's just like you're really sunk. So, um, I, you know, so I, I, you know, I think um, if I commit to putting that Telemon into deep strike with a with a Contemptor Achilles and my Alaris Captain and the Calexus as kind of the four units that I'll put into deep strike for line breaker, and I take out that Achilles and maybe actually go with his 180. is 90 um so i would be i need another 10 so if i drop one of the um adrathic destructors on the achilles um i could take a bike and then maybe even a palace grav might be useful as well as an additional unit um the only issue I have with that, rather than an additional bike, is just it makes it a little bit harder to get, grind them down. You know, grind them down starts kind of looking a little bit more of an issue. But um, yeah. Uh, but the palace grav is another great screening unit, and it's a little bit harder to kill than something like a unit of sisters. Um, but that would be the other option as well as taking, um, is dropping the Achilles, taking a another unit of sisters, or bumping that one up to ten. Um, and then, uh, trying to figure out, cause that would live, that would leave me with, um, like 40 points or something like that, which is not, not great. I don't have, I, I do have five more sisters I could put together potentially and maybe knock those two units up to seven. But beyond that, I'm kind of looking at spamming Miseria Cordia's at that point, which is not ideal. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think as far as, I mean, 
palace grab. I like palace grab. They're not getting a lot of use, but it's it's kind of a it's kind of a niche thing. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, palace as an idea. It's like the this harassing unit, uh, and and maybe because it's a kind of small tank, I was I was I always expect from him a bit more than than he's supposed to do because that's 95 points now, so. Not a lot, but it's just two shots, and then I usually miss one or don't 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 do damage with one, and then, then it's just one shot that goes in, and it's three damage yeah. flat, right? Uh, it can and, be a little bit underwhelming at times. Yeah, it's. Uh, what I mean is, he is a 95 point. Yeah, model. exactly. So, so that's okay. my, my my bias, maybe that one, that, one that I'm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but it's way, eight wounds. It's it's more than virtuous praetors and the same toughness. Yeah. Worse save because yeah. yeah, crappier saves though. So it's a three of five yeah. up versus a two of four up, but you get yeah. twice the wounds. Um, but the problem with that is is that that doesn't really matter, especially when you're fighting, you know, multi melta spam because they get one shot through, they're going to kill it. It's just going to be like dying, <laughs> like a virtuous praetor dying, yeah. which is fine, I guess, because it's about the same amount of points. Um, but I was thinking more, like, honestly, more as a screening unit uh, to kind of flush out some more deep strikers, you know, kind of prevent the alpha strike. Um, and to just be able to maybe pick up early game objectives, you know, with that extra speed and movement um, that he can bring to the table. Um, the only, like I said, the only issue I don't like doing that with, I don't like doing that simply because it's just an easy grind them down point. Um, that counters my grinding down. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm already kind of a little bit vulnerable to that by taking the, you know, the prosecutors and the Sagittarum and such smaller, such small units. Um, another option would be, uh, that wouldn't really too be a great option. I was going to say taking, um, instead of the 180, taking, uh, pyrothite spear a three-man pyrothite spear unit that i've taken before but i don't like to use them other than a deep strike and the reason why i'm not taking i'm considering dropping one of the contemptor achilles dreadnoughts is for that very reason is that you know i won't be able to deep strike both of them and the telemon yeah deep strike two dreadnoughts so um i mean part of me says that's fine the telemon can start on the board and he can he can walk up you know and just yeah, usually shot. nobody will stop him. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking of synergies and things, and I, yeah. I, I there's a lot of matchups where I would probably want to deep strike the Talamon rather than an Achilles, uh, but that might just be more my play style these days. Yeah, I know, you can I you like can try it out because the the, the moment that the, there is a there are a lot of players that haven't faced. Uh, Telemon, or maybe not a lot, but some players haven't placed uh, faced Telemon, and they think they can take him down like any other Dreadnought, and that's not the case. Right. So he will then draw fire, and uh, and if he doesn't draw fire, this means he will go, just go where he wants to go, and 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 uh, if they ignore him, then then you have you know <laughs> free reign of of wherever he's going, right? So yeah. You can go towards their objective and. And they have to try to kill him, right? And it's not a, not an easy task to do. It is not. No, it is not. He's he's a tough cookie, and uh, I like I like that. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who know how to kill him. Like I said, I'm I'm feeling the 
feeling the lightness of the vertebrators, and I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, and I think the only real option is is to cut one of the Achilles. Uh, but I I like having those Achilles, especially for all the flat three damage stacker that they put out. Um, you know, my my vertebrators have at times been underwhelming. My Achilles Redknots have not yet failed me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know they, and I've, you know people say the same thing about the Talamons. Or I'm kind of looking at it going, you know, maybe I need to be more Dreadnought oriented in my tactica and thinking, and kind of resign myself to the reality that you know maybe for this list I use the Vertispreaders in more of a support role rather than trying to use them as the um, as the main hammer, which might be better off anyways, uh, especially uh, the way that I have this list set up. Uh, I am kind of, I mean, I, you know, I took the, uh, I, you know, I don't know what your opinion on is um, taking the Alaris uh, captain as the dread host versus the bike captain. What do you think about that? Yeah, Alar, Alar, you, but you mean to teleport him in, right? Uh, the Alaris I mean, captain. Yeah, that is the idea. I mean, giving him at Monty Mortis really helps a lot uh, as well. I mean, just having more flat three damage stuff where you can just lop up some blade guard or things like that, you know. Um, the, you know, that triple threat of him and two Achilles Dreadnoughts or him and, you know, the Talamon and Achilles Dreadnought with with a uh, Kalexis kind of hanging out with them as well, I think is just... Um, really good combination but I, I, yeah, i'm kind of I, trying to fine-tune that and kind of looking at that going okay yeah for for me the issue is that i tried that tactic dropping uh, and rolling 3d 3d6 to make a charge and, and i cannot roll a, a nine uh, with the three dice even with a reroll to save my life so so i dropped that so i dropped that tactic well, because I'll try to pick up the the other side of that average. And, yeah, exactly. In these tournaments, so you, so I'll I'll try to even out your, uh, <laughs> even out so, the statistics yeah. for you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm making all my charges. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So so I so I changed my changed my tactic to you know to start on the board and and uh, and push from from there and uh, I when I use. Uh, when I use deep strike, I rather uh, count on. I don't count on making the charge. If that, if I do it, I, it's a bonus. Uh, I rather try to do kind of alpha beta strike, depending on when I drop them. Right. Uh, uh, just you know, so so they cannot expect and cannot hide too well right. everything. So so I cannot. Uh, I cannot, you know, give you any tips on on good <laughs> deep strike tactics because my my mind suck. Uh, yeah, meaning no the, the charging after after deep striking. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I mean, I I did it w- when I played uh, with with Space Marines uh, early last year. Yeah. Because they had they had uh, plus two from from the chaplain usually, so that's okay. that's easy then. Right? make it yeah. to make a charge but yeah plus two re-rolling charges does seem a little bit better than 3d6 take the highest and re-rolling yeah. charges for some reason yeah. but I, I honestly don't think it's that much different statistically. no uh, statistically it's not but uh you're, you're looking at a like a 50 50 shot of rolling a yeah. six and yes. if you get a six you just need a three so you know it's it's not 
they're not bad odds. It's like something like sixty six percent, I think. I think it's even more. I think it's uh, around seventy percent to make the yeah. charge uh, with a reroll. With a reroll, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna stick with it. I think I'm just gonna yeah. go focus on the Achilles, putting the Achilles in the Alpha Strike as the Alpha Strike, and then just playing the Verse Prayers more in support of the Telamon because I think with the Telamon on the field. Uh, next to Virtus Praetors, you know, he's going to have to split fire or he's going to have to focus fire. And if he split fires, it's going to go bad, but he's going to have to try to focus fire on one of the other two units. And, and regardless of which one gets shot at, I think I'd be in pretty good shape. And that would leave the Caladius Grav tank as well to pretty much be ignored um, the whole time. Um, and then, you know, with this list having both the Shield Captain and the Calexus, I can afford to run my. Achilles out of the line breaker zone and they can go mid board if needed. Um, one of the problems I was really running into, I think I mentioned this earlier, was um, them getting sort of caught into the line breaker where I have to like, I want to chase down targets and take objectives or clear objectives in combat or neutralize threats are going to shoot me off the board if I don't, you know, but I'm not getting line breaker points now because I, you know, I have to charge out of their deployment zone to do that. Yes. Um, yeah. So having the having the redundancy, I think, especially since I think playing into that, I think it's going to be the best way to go. Um, I hate I hate kind of like I mean, there's a lot of lists like especially psyker heavy lists where I might not play teleport armor just because you know like psychic abominator uh, or the witch is such an easy gimme, yeah, especially the uh, base. So that might be the exception to the rule. Um, but other than that. I've found that the Calexus is very underwhelming as a as a unit, except for the buffs that he brings to the table. Um, you know, the two CP Soul Horror Strat's really good. I can yeah, see me using that in the pinch for a turn, sacrificing some of those teleport homer points to fight first with my like if my if I do bomb a charge, you know, with both my Achilles and my and my Alaris captain, and they're all just kind of standing there in front of a bunch of blade guard or something. And my yeah. is right there, he can do that soul horror stratagem. Um, as long as I have the CP, that's the other thing. The CP economy is going to be a little bit, a little bit tough. Um, you know, so I'll spend three CP to put them in, in, and then I'll have the one CP to start. So I have to be careful because with golden light of Moriatus, if I spend two, that'll leave me with just one CP um, going, or actually, no, no. No, I, yeah, I should be fine because I'll have a CP to start. Yeah, I'll go down to two. I'll go up to three in turn one, and then when I deep strike in, I'll have four in turn two. I can do Golden Light of Moriatus. That'll leave me with two points to kind of edge me in. I'll just have to be really cautious to decide whether or not I, I'll probably have to, you know, save the um, the captain's charge for last because if he, because he's the only one who I would CP reroll potentially. <clears throat> So if like both my Achilles get in, you know I can use that CP then to get that reroll because they're in, they're gonna fight first. Yeah, yeah. The Achilles um, have uh, their building uh, reroll, right? I mean, you you paid for the. I did pay for Eternal Penitence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they're gonna both get the reroll to charge. Uh, coming in on that Alpha Strike, um, it's just yeah, I would like to save a CP for my Shield Captain as well, so he can also reroll the charge, so that I'm getting the most out of that Golden Light of Moriatus. Paying two CP, essentially, I, you know, I get three units rather than just one unit. So all three of those units are affected by that. So I might as well keep a CP 
to get him a reroll as well if he needs it. Um, you know, so that all three of those units, I mean, there's not a lot that's going to be able to hold up against those three units charging. Um, you know, obviously he can interrupt, you know, which would be potentially an issue. Um, but because they're so, they're so compact, you know, um, I think for the most part, you know, surgically speaking, I'm, you know, unless I'm trying to charge a wall of blood angels or something, I think for the most part, they should be able to, between their shooting attacks as well, uh, you know, kind of mitigate the damage enough so that it won't matter if he interrupts, you know, yeah, I'll take a couple of, you know, take a few wounds on one of my contempt or Achilles or a few wounds on my captain. And then they're all, they'll all fight anyways and, and do the work. Um, so yeah, I do like, be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do like the, the way this list is shaping up. Um, what do you think of the Vertus being as part of the Dreadhost rather than the Shadow Keepers? Yeah, I, I, I find that with Daphnis 6, there are not many things that they, they need to, that uh, extra minus one. There, there was occasionally uh, in, in times of uh, Salamanders when they used a lot of aggressors. I right. found it useful then to, to lower the strength to three. So they wounded on, on sixes with stratagems. They could do it with fives then. That saved me a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, bikes. Right. But, uh, I don't see so many aggressors anymore. So what do you think about What about this option? So, um, dropping, dropping in the kill dreadnought. So that'll give me an extra CP. Getting two more Virtus Praetors after dropping an additional 10 points, either yeah. with Miseria Cordias or I can just drop in a Drata Destructor. And then just planning on putting those Virtus Praetors in Deep Strike. Yeah, um, with six bikes, right? Six, six bikes and an Achilles yeah. Dreadnought, along with the Bike Captain and the Calexis Assassin. It's a little bit stronger as an Alpha Strike, I would say. Uh, especially with if you know the captain gets in and then you have have almost 1000 points in in, in reserve or close to yeah i mean force so i mean uh, probably you don't cross over the thousand it's just you have a much smaller presence on the board and you have to survive that first round uh, or maybe second if you don't start that that might be about challenging probably yeah. yeah it's about a third it's about 700 points oh, darn i went with a five-man unit and i took a i went with a five-man unit and took a um yeah took something else yeah. palace grab or a unit of sisters yeah. you know, up the prosecutors yeah yeah then, then uh, fine. took some missouri cordius yeah uh, I'll, I'll, maybe that, maybe that'll be the minor change that I make, you know, like maybe that'll be the, the change in the list that I make. So if I ha- I keep this list, I play this list for a tournament. Uh, then I play a list with a couple more Virtus Praetors, drop one of the Achilles, make some minor changes that way. Um, and, uh, and then just kind of, you know, maybe play with, uh, an extra unit of prosecutors and then play with a palace grab and just mix it up that way. Rather than that additional Achilles and see which one does yeah. best. I think that then you have to always hold the CP for reroll of the charge of the bikes, right? Because I'm a ter- right. I'm terrified for for not my bikes not making a charge from deep strike. It's just <laughs> them sitting somewhere in the backfield of my opponent where he can point 
every single gun in them and then make a charge if they don't kill them with shooting. Yeah, I mean, that is that is kind of the issue with the bikes. Um, that is kind of the issue with the bikes, is that, yeah, if I do fail that charge and they whiff with their salvo launchers, uh, yeah, that's an issue. But that's that's a lot of bad rolling, and that could potentially happen anyways if I just started them on the board. You know, I mean, they can, against a lot of admec armies, they can pretty much, depending on the terrain and things, there's a lot of situations where they're pointing every gun at them anyways. Yeah, um, correct. Yeah. Correct. So, I to me, I, I would like to try it. I I don't yeah. I don't deep strike my Virtus Praetors very often, mostly because they're already within range of line breaker within turn two. You move up fourteen inches. Yeah. You do some shooting. You move another fourteen inches plus a charge. Usually, I mean that's that's you know that's twenty eight inches plus an average of seven. You're looking at thirty five inch, you know, range. That's well within your enemy's deployment zone. You know, so. A lot of times it's kind of like deep striking doesn't make a ton of sense because you're losing a turn of shooting, basically. And if you have good terrain, you can be surgical and prevent them from getting shot at by everything. And you can just choose your target by picking an angle on the terrain and going from there. Um, I'm, I'm, so, a bit, I, I'm a bit jealous how, how consistently you can make points with that line breaker. I have I've I have tried it like three times and it won't it went terrible for me. It was always some something killed one of the units or I couldn't deep strike or I couldn't get there. It's just I just I just cannot take that secondary. It's it's off my list. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, I, I guess yeah, that's I mean, yeah. You it, concentrate it, on it, right? That that's the experience. Well, you concentrate to make yourself a, a spot and and uh, teleport a, a small footprint unit somewhere in the backline. Uh, I re- I really think that the contingencies. There's a couple of contingencies. One, it's the the pressure that the Virtus Predators bring to the table. I I play a lot of foot custodes lists, and there's not a lot of forward pressure with them. You know, you have the you have sort of the long bomb Vexilla running up the middle with his advance, you know, trying to get that six inch advance roll to get as far up as possible and then kind of drop drop that unit in. But beyond that, there's not a lot of kind of like forward pressure. And I think that's what really makes that that's what gives me that that leverage is having the having the Caladius tank in the back, clearing screens and putting pressure on by just being able to shoot at anything. And then having the Virtus Predators move into the center hard and fast, also shooting things. I think that combination creates enough pressure so my opponent knows he can't afford to redirect. And then what I do have dropping things, it's two Achilles Dreadnoughts. It's not two, you know, like the, the, the initial punch is two Achilles Dreadnoughts, you know, that are also hard to kill. So it's, a tr- it's kind of a triple threat. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people lists that that just they it's so surgical and it's so pointed in that it and it, they are all power units and they all can kind of take what they hit um you know a, a opponent has to really kind of plan out contingencies and yeah. counter attacks to yes. really be able to deal with it or it does they just fold under it you know there's a lot of armies that just kind of fold under this a lot of list builds that'll just fold under this style of play um you know especially if the player himself is not extremely competitive you know if he's you know new to tournament or he's not just in a competitive mindset it's going to be a lot of pressure on his on his thinking <laughs> to have to like yeah. threat mm-hmm. allocation which are which units do i shoot at how do i you know and a lot of a lot of errors are made under that pressure 
that can be capital, you know, can be kind of turned into points. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, like, yeah, if I was playing a foot custodes list more centric, you know, like absolutely the, the line breaker would be 10 times harder to get, you know, because you're, you are deep striking more fragile units. And even if you're not, like if you're doing the Alaris bomb and you don't have anything to clear the screens, you're, you're wading through the screens and you're limiting an already limited access of advance, only having a six inch move. You know, there's only so many ways you can go with an Alaris blob. You know, and especially if you're trying to score primary points, it's just like that's not a great move either to try to get line breaker. You know, I think the only way yeah. to do line breaker for the for the adeptus custodes is with small smallest units you can possibly take. One, you know, two dreadnoughts, two characters. You know, one character yeah. is super hard to kill, only being able to hit get on hit sixes. You know, five wounds, four up in bowl. and then the other character is also really hard to kill. Toughness five, seven wounds. Um, you know, two up, four up, uh, and then a beat stick in combat as well. You know, it, it, it does present a lot of dynamics and, you know, then overshadowing that is the two Achilles dreadnoughts, you know, so those two characters are probably not going to get targeted, even if they could, because you just drop two Achilles dreadnoughts with them, you know, who now have the freedom to really create overpressure in the backfield so that those two characters can just go and hide in a ruin and just score line breaker points, yeah, you know, exactly. do teleport Homer and just sit there for four turns and do that, you know, and score 27 points of secondaries, you know, while your Achilles are just running around wreaking havoc and your first pressures and your Telemon are coming up the middle to support them. And your Sagittarum are blasting away downfield and your prosecutors are hanging out on, on your backfield objective, you know, within reach of the Sagittarum. If something comes back there to, to try yeah. to mess things up, you know, um, and then obviously also with the Virtus Praetors being able to quickly redeploy to, to take out backfield kind of infiltrators and things. Yeah. Um, so it it's a very tight list. You have to, you know, and there's, I think for a lot of people, there is a sense of like redundancy, you know, of like, this is kind of played the same way every time. Like you, your opponent kind of already knows exactly what you're doing um, kind of thing. Um, and that, you know, and that's kind of a two-edged sword, you know. Yeah. On the one hand, it kind of makes it easy to anticipate what exactly I'm going to do, but it's also something that I can get a lot of repetitions in doing really consistently, mm-hmm. which, generally speaking, will lead to my op- op- my opponent overthinking things or underestimating the move. It- it's so simple in a lot of ways that it makes it really easy to underestimate and makes it re- seem like it's really easy to just, oh, that'll be easy to, I'll just screen, you know, I'll just screen out this, that, or the other. And it's just like... Yeah. You know, and, it, and people can, you know, start getting sloppy on that. And then that's where, you know, the Caladius tank comes in with the Talamon support and the Virtus Praetors. Suddenly I've poked a hole in a screen just big enough to get those characters in and those Dreadnoughts in. And now suddenly he's, you know, his, you know, sloppiness is kind of paying dividends for the, for the custodes. Um, so I, I like this list. Um, I do like the addition of Telemon. I, you know, I, like I said, I'm kind of apprehensive about playing the Telemon just because there's so much out there who, you know, people know, know about it. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, I like the synergies of, you know, um, the, the, the dread host bring to the table, but I think yeah, this, nice. you know, playing the double patrol is kind of a new thing. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've any seen, I've seen any, any other Adeptus Souls player, in tournament play a double patrol uh and 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 two shield hosts so it'll be really no, interesting. no it's not very popular uh, choice 
I haven't because seen it at all. Yeah. CPE expenditure. I've only see I only heard about it in podcasts uh, or, or maybe online, but I haven't faced it or seen the least succeed anywhere. So I, I haven't even heard like I'd be interested in hearing some of those podcasts if you have uh, you can find them. Yeah, that's the, yeah. I, I think I can find this one, one of the older ones, uh, uh, but but I, I think I can dig it out. That uh, but. Yeah, no I think I think we can we can slowly wrap up for today. It's uh, I, I I think that that list has uh, a lot of uh, a lot of room for success. Uh, and the thing with with Custodes is that it is an elite army and it, elite army and it always be a bit transparent what we are trying to do. Whether you are trying, you have a foot stalls, then you'll be defending more. And if you right. have more mobile, then you'll be coming in. We don't have so much room for uh, doing different things, right? Uh, because yeah, I, I there are, we have so, so few units, right? Yeah. yeah, with the uh, Castellan's Mark and the double patrol. Yeah, exactly. Is, is trying to maximize the, the options, um, you know, because I, I love the you know, being able to neg one strength that tell them on heavy dreadnought, that's kind of a centerpiece. That's really uh, nasty. nasty. Yeah, take, yeah, take some heat off the Virtus Praetors, but then also be able to deep strike with, you know, two dreadhost terminators or uh, two dreadhost dreadnoughts that are just going to wreck shop, you know, especially with all seeing Annihilator, man. I mean, when they roll a couple of sixes to hit and suddenly they went from six to eight attacks, like, that's a big, that's a big deal, especially when you're chunking into things like plague burst crawlers and stuff that's potentially another 12 damage <laughs> that you just yeah. you know? so yeah. like to me it's a it's a great synergy uh that i look forward to exploring a little bit in these uh upcoming weeks here yeah okay ryan so uh good luck in upcoming tournaments we'll, yes, we'll meet up we'll meet up after uh, after some of them i don't we will make up a schedule for that okay. and and we'll talk talk about uh, how it went and what what further tweaks you did to the list yep it sounds great sounds yeah, great Marcel. okay thanks uh, thanks a lot for for today yes sir thanks again